Hey guys, welcome to the If Nothing Else podcast. I am so happy that you are here because this episode is a good one. It's an encouraging one. We're talking about how God has adopted us into his family. We look at what exactly this word adoption means, what it means for us as believers, and how we can walk um, in this adoption that God has given us. So I would encourage you to grab a journal, grab your phone notes, and Um, Take notes over this because this is an encouraging message that is great to come back and look at when you're feeling discouraged, when you're feeling like you're not good enough, or you're feeling like um, the Lord is distant. These are truths that we can fall back on. um, That If nothing else, God has adopted us and we are in his family um, through Jesus Christ. So write this on your mirror, write this somewhere where you see it daily, but come back to it. Um, because this is encouraging and these are truths that we can live by and walk in. God adopted us. Now this is mentioned multiple times throughout the New Testament, but we're going to look specifically at what it means in Galatians 4, 4 through 7. It says, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law, that he might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you're his child, God has also made you an heir. There's so many amazing things in this verse that we could dive deep into. But today we're just going to look at um, the adoption to sonship. So the the dictionary definition of adoption is the action or fact of legally taking another's child and bringing it up as one's own. But when we look at what adoption means in its context, we don't see adoption come up a lot in the Old Testament, and it's not mentioned in the Mosaic law. So it's not formally in the Jewish law. So it makes you think, what is Paul referring to when he talks about adoption? Because Paul comes from a Jewish background. We have to look at who he's writing to and see what audience he is catering his letter to. So we know that he's writing to a church in Galatia, which at the time was under Roman rule. This means that the church that he was writing to is familiar with the Roman laws and practices. When we look at ancient Roman law, we see that there is a law about adoption. So this is probably what Paul is referring to when he talks about adoption, since he was writing to people who were under Roman law. So the Roman law of adoption is very specific, and it happens if a higher class family does not have any sons, they will adopt a son from a lower income family to continue a family's legacy. But this Roman meaning of adoption goes deeper. So we're going to dive deep into five different aspects of the Roman law of adoption and see how it relates to us being adopted um, as God's child. So the first um, point is that these laws of adoption mean that the adopted child could never be disowned because they now become a co-heirs to the families. So Luke 15 is the parable of the prodigal son. One of the father's sons took his child took what his father gave him and left his house. Luke says that one day he came to his senses and returned home when he realized what he had left behind at home, that it was so much better. Verse 20 says, So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and he was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. So his son thinks that he is no longer worthy to be called his son, but his father's response is actually the exact opposite. His father wants to throw a celebration and calls him his son. 
Verse 24 says, For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. So his father rejoiced and he never stopped being a son. It's a picture of restoration, a fellowship with God our Father. God desires a relationship with us and looks on us with compassion as our Father would. In the same way, when we sin against Him, um, we can never be disowned because of what Jesus did on the cross. He is there and is filled with compassion and throws His arms around, around us and kisses us and celebrates when we come back to Him. Um, so we can never be disowned. God is our father. He's adopted us. So he is waiting patiently for us to return to him. He's not going to just leave us in the dust. The second point is that in the ancient Roman law of adoption, when the son is adopted, he receives a new identity. This is the same with us when we believe what Jesus did on the cross is um, true and is the payment for our sins. Then we have a new identity in Jesus because we are now Um, God's children. So our true identity is ultimately based on what God has done for us. Since he made us and since he sent his son to die for us, let's look to scripture and see what scripture says about us. I'm going to run through many verses um, that tell us who who we are in Jesus um, and what our identity is. So Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So you are forgiven and you can now freely forgive others. That's the first one. Um, Your identity is that you are forgiven through Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.19 says, You are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. So we are members of God's household. We are no longer strangers or foreigners. As adopted sons and daughters, we belong in God's household and with his people. 1 Corinthians 1, 2-3 says, To the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who in every place call in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So you are actually called a saint because you are sanctified in Jesus. It's not because of how good you are or how many good deeds you can do. It's not because of your works. It's because you are sanctified in Jesus. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You are blessed and you are provided for. So God is able to provide you with everything you need in Christ. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This verse is one of my favorites. You are God's workmanship. That means you're unique, that you took time to create, and that you were created with a specific purpose, that you are on this earth for a specific purpose. You wouldn't be here if he didn't have um, a purpose for you here. First John 3, 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. So your identity is a child of God, and you are loved. Romans five seventeen says, For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, 
much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in the life through the one Jesus Christ. So you are called righteous because of Jesus's work on the cross. Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. I love this one. You are welcomed into his family with both delight, but also love. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. God has made you new. You are a new creation because Jesus paid for your sin on the cross, that you are now able to have a restored relationship with God our Father. All of these things that I listen uh, that I listed here are your identity. Um, things like we are members of His household. We're no longer strangers. We're a saint. Um, we're blessed and provided for. That we are God's workmanship created with purpose. Um, that you are a child of God and you're loved, that you're righteous because of Jesus' work on the cross, that you're welcomed into his family with delight and love, and that you are a new creation. All of these things are your identity. And there are so many more verses um, that tell you who you are um, in the Bible. But this is similar to an adopted child receiving a new identity. When God adopted us through his son's death on the cross, he is also giving us a new identity, and we are able to walk in that identity. The next point is that any prior commitments or debts have now been erased. This is what happens when, under the, the Roman law, when you are adopted, um, all of your past debt, your new family pays for it. So you no longer have any commitments or any debt when you are adopted into this family. So Colossians 2, 13 through 14 says, And you who are dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. So when we accept what Jesus did on the cross, that it was a payment for our debt and our sins, we know that it was paid in full. And this is what enables us to live as his free children. I love that very last line of Colossians 2 uh, verse 14 that says, this he set aside, nailing it on the cross, that he paid our debt in full. Um, and that's what was nailed to the cross. John 19.30, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now, this it is finished is to tell us die, which um, I think most of us are pretty familiar with. But this, I love this, and it hasn't been proven, but many people claim that back in Jesus' time on tax receipts, if you have fulfilled all of your tax obligations and have no more debt, they would stamp on your tax receipts that were to tell us die, um, to mean that your taxes are paid in full, that you no longer have any more that you have to pay. And some people also say that they use the same word. Um, if you're a prisoner in jail, they will actually have a piece of paper that has written on it everything that you have done wrong. Um, and at the end of your sentence, they stamp to telestai on it, which means that you have paid it. You've paid all of it for all of your wrongdoings. It has been paid. So those are just really cool pictures of what Jesus did on the cross and that he paid all of it, not just partially, but he paid all of it in full. He paid all of our debt. 
He paid all of our wrongdoings and it's in full. We no longer have to worry about it. There are no um, more prior commitments or debts. It's all been erased. The next point is about rights. Adoption as a son in Roman law meant that you have the right to the name and the citizenship of the person who adopted you. You also have the right to inherit their property. The adopted son has the same rights and privileges as a naturally born son. Romans 8.17, Paul says, Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. So according to this verse, we share in the sufferings of Christ now, and we will share in the glory of Christ later as his co-heirs. And one day we'll receive our full inheritance through Christ Jesus. Some things that he has given us. Um, the first one is his glory. It says that in John 17, 22, it reads, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are. So he says that he has given us the glory that God has given him. The next one is his riches. Second Corinthians 8, 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that th- though he was rich, Yet for your sake, he became poor so that you by his poverty might become rich. So he has given you his riches. He became poor so that through our poverty, um, we might become rich. And the next one is all things. I love it. It just covers all the bases. It says all things. It's Hebrews 1, 2. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Um, So our inheritance is not just an earthly one, but in heaven, it's where it can never be destroyed. It's imperishable, it's undefiled, it's unfading. Um, And he's keeping that in heaven for you. So he has given us all the rights that we need and some. Um, And the last one is father. So in Roman law, the one who adopted that son has the full rights and responsibilities of a father. He has full authority over the adopted son and full responsibility to care for him. In Luke 11, Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. And in verse two, it says, he said to them, when you pray, say, father, this is verse two. Um, so Jesus is inviting us in to call God our father, um, because of what Jesus did on the cross, because if you believe in his death and resurrection, he is our intercessor. So we have access to the father. Jesus has given us an invitation into his family. He has given us the right and privilege to come into his presence, um, through prayer. So just like how a healthy father would, God cares for us. He listens to us and he answers our prayers. If we might not see it or might not hear it, he is answering prayers and he is always listening. He even corrects us when we need it through his wisdom, his love, and his patience. So to recap, when Paul says that we are adopted, this means that we will, one, never be left behind or disowned by God. Two, that we will have a fully new identity as followers of Jesus. Three, that all of our sin and debt has been erased. Four, that we have many rights and privileges since we are heirs of God. And five, that God becomes our father. So he cares for us and loves on us. So in this ancient Roman law of adoption, 
um, this new child who's adopted into this family is literally receiving a fully new life. All of its pat, their past commitments and debts are gone. They're walking in a new identity into a new family. So when Paul is saying that we are adopted, it's the same idea um, that we are walking in a new identity, that we have a new re- renewed relationship with the Lord, and it all comes through what Jesus did on the cross. So adoption is literally receiving a new life. I hope you'll enjoy today's episode. To stay updated, follow at If Nothing Else Podcast on Instagram. Feel free to DM me with any questions or if you want to connect. Don't forget to spend time in God's presence today, and I am praying for all of you. Bye, guys.